Chris Driver Track. I'm here with Dan. And today we're going to be talking about Muse to the Pharaoh from Rainbow Children. Recorded late 2000, early 2001, as with the rest of the album, at Paisley Park and released on the 16th of October 2001. On the track, you have just Prince and John Blackwell on drums. Uh, the track is 4 minutes 21, and joining me to talk about today is Alec Rayner. Hello, Alec. Hello. Uh, now, obviously, as with every song on Rainbow Children, there's, you know, we're always going to have to talk a little bit about, you know, uh, I want to say the religious aspects mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that kind of run through the the whole album, um, you know, and Muse of the Pharaoh has, you know, a couple of kind of biblical references um, that are kind of thrown in. So the kind of, you know, like a thief in my a thief in the night, my Lord come and strike, you know, is a reference to, you know, one Thessalonians uh, five, two to four. So, you know, and is you know, so it's uh, there's like a little like it's not like I mean, obviously people you know they know that Prince kind of got religious, and I think the feeling is that somehow he did an album that was like nothing but Bible songs, um, but I would say in this case, you know, kind of the whole muse to the Pharaoh part of it um, is forwarding kind of the story um, as as it is. I mean, you know, again, Rainbow Children is a concept album, but the concept is very kind of. It's very loose in number of songs. It's only very kind of strictly enforced in any song that is over eight minutes long. Um, everything else, like all the shorter songs, <laughs> yeah, all the shorter songs kind of just hint at the story rather than kind of... That's a great way to put it. that. <laughs> we also have a few odd lines, which we'll get into here. Um, but like in terms of, you know, like the actual production, you know, it is just mostly kind of like um, Prince with like um i mean it sounds it's not it doesn't sound quite like a Rhodes, but you know there is kind of a, a very like a keyboard sound basically it's you know prince on the keyboards and you have kind of john blackwell um credited as john blackwell the magnificent you know kind of doing little bits of drums but it's not like there's like a heavy drum beat on this it's just kind of a very kind of light jazz drum beat um you know and even though you know obviously there is you know a very you know kind of uh, you know, kind of very heavy kind of biblical influence on a lot of the songs. Uh, it's not like really we get kind of anything in that direction in terms of like the the kind of the genre. Like to me, this feels mostly like kind of a jazz ballad. So, you know, it, it's not it's not really kind of like it's a gospel song or anything. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that assessment. I don't really see it as more of a gospel song. I think um, he's just stretching out some of his... Um, jazz legs jazz influences on this and um he also performed this song on the one night alone tour um pretty regularly and it was on the one night alone live um box set shows and um that band that he had at that time was incredibly tight i definitely if somehow anyone could find a copy of those they are very much um worth the listen and I think Muse to the Pharaoh was one of my um, favorite songs he's just ever performed live. They were, especially on like that recording, they were very, very um, tight. And there's, there's more I can get into it, but I'm just saying if anyone can find a copy of the One Night Alone live, very worth a listen. Great stuff. Again, this is one of those songs that doesn't really have like a chorus other than Prince repeating the title like at the start of, you know, a couple of verses. Um, you know, and then kind of finishing off, uh, like the last two lines are the same as the first two lines, which is Prince saying, if she could be muse to the Pharaoh. <laughs> and I like how, like, 
I don't know, he has this weird syncopation that kind of goes throughout the, the whole song. And something that particularly once we get into kind of the back half of the song where he, he begins talk singing, where he really kind of syncopates everything. Um, you know, so yeah, you know, then one day she might be queen. Um, you know, and then he, he talks about, uh, you know, if like Sheba, then she could bring presents and wine, the helix he might get between them. In other words, intertwine. Uh, with the ebony and milk of her thighs, if she could be muse and let him decide, perhaps she'll let him decide. I mean, I don't know who she is, uh, but obviously, you know, like Prince, uh, I mean, I, you know, I like this, this idea of Prince talking about how, you know, someone might be muse to the pharaoh, which essentially suggests that maybe he's just, you know, the kind of a plaything for this, this pharaoh, but then later she'll be queen. You know, like almost as if maybe the Pharaoh is maybe getting on in age and she's quite young and so she's going to easily outlive him and then she'll take over. And so, you know, that's what it feels like the song is a little bit about to me is like the idea of this young woman kind of assuming the mantle of this person who, um, you know, Prince is maybe hinting might be around, not be around for much longer, um, particularly later on when we have, you know, like a thief in the night. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know, I think I think that's kind of like an interesting idea. Um, you know, and then of course, you know, he, he, he points out, you know, if she could be muse to the Pharaoh, then, uh, there is nothing he wouldn't give her see the future of the nation rests in her belly. And if the Proverbs of 31 and verse 10 <laughs> becomes the verse she sings again and again, she might be queen. Like I said, you know, this album has a lot of kind of religious stuff going on. But in a lot of the shorter songs, it's only kind of little hints. Although, you know, you might say that the Pharaoh, you know, has a lot to do with, you know, Exodus and various other yeah. Bible stuff. So, you know, that's kind of how most people kind of know about, uh, you know, Egypt and the Pharaohs and stuff is is their opposition to Moses and various other things. So, you know, um, but yeah. And then we get into probably my favorite part. I'm not going to say of the whole album, because I think everyone knows that Wedding Feast, you know, is a clear five out of five. Probably the greatest song the Prince ever recorded. Um but uh, yeah, so, you know, we have this point where Prince kind of talks sings, and he says, he starts off by saying, take a load off, sweetie darling, and let me run agenda through your hair. And I, I mean, I love that saying as well. Like, this is something that Prince has done. Obviously, you know, the song, She's Always In My Hair, like the idea of like the hair being someone's brain or someone's thoughts is is obviously you know something that prince has said you know in a few songs before now so i just like the phrase let me run agenda through your hair um and again as with like you know the opening track and a couple of songs later on in the album he says there's so much information for the next generation who's going to drop it if you're not there um, so this is something obviously that runs through the more kind of science fiction parts of the album <laughs> where there's kind of talk of you know information and you know kind of digital stuff and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's Prince is kind of here. It feels like it's more kind of, um, you know, maybe the, the kind of oral tradition is what Prince is talking about here, where, you know, someone is given information and they, they pass it on. Yeah, pass it on to the next generation, because, you know, if the future of the nation, you know, rests in her belly, she's probably got like talking about spreading to next generation, which would be like their child. Or something like that. Yeah, And then Prince <laughs> sings possibly some of my favourite lines in the entire verse, which is, and whether the enemy makes a run on the palace, or whether the enemy does not, the children will be laced with the protection of the word of God. And I just love the way he, say, he says, 
whether the enemy makes a run on the planet. It's like the the kind of the rhythm of the words is just is so great. Um, you know, and then out of nowhere he tells us the opposite of NATO is OTAN. Now, OTAN obviously is the French way of writing NATO because the French like to be awkward and they reverse the structure of their words. So, you know, in French it is Organisation du Trait de l'Antique Nord. So, the, you know, the, drop in a couple of the Ds there. It becomes OTAN. And then for everybody else, it's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Um, this is obviously something which is also, you know, a lot of organizations around the world have an alternate French title. Uh, one of the exceptions being FIFA, which is those are the initials that are the French version. Uh, which is Federation Internationale Football Association. So, so it's interesting that they get FIFA, but they didn't get NATO. Uh, but I don't know why Prince wants us to know this. Like, I know, I know this because it's just a fun thing to know, you know. Yeah. But OTAN is is how you say the French version of NATO. Like, wh- why is it in the song? I don't know. Um. <laughs> and that line, apparently, in live versions all throughout the One Night Alone tour, he would kind of just mess with that line. Or say the opposite of NATO is, and he'll say just like whatever. But a popular one, and the one that's on the One Night Alone live box set is, um, he says the opposite of NATO is monotheism. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know that uh, NATO is polytheistic, but there we yeah. go. Oh, um, we and you know, he then does this nice little run with, and if the number thirteen is such a bad luck number, when there's no such thing as luck. Then the berries, talons, arrows, and stars are all superstitions. What the sound and of effects. course, <laughs> Prince. Yeah, Prince. This is. I don't know if this is the earliest point on the album of him censoring himself because I don't remember him censoring himself in the title track, which obviously was the first track of the album. But that feels like the first time where Prince is is leaving a space for the the audience to sing the word that he refuses to sing. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting that Prince is censoring himself like at all but the fact that like he still he still wants to say the word but he drops the word and i, I don't know it's just it's kind it's kind of funny and then prince for some reason he kind of uh embraces some patois when he says get busy big baby because when dem devil come dem devil come dressed as light maybe they're gonna be <laughs> maybe they're gonna fool the untrained mind but uh, but nobody i know gonna bite so i, I don't know why he feels the need to suddenly use patois in one particular verse but uh i don't know i i, I mean i i it sounds like i'm criticizing this part of the song but i love this the way that prince does this like it's very kind of rhythmic and you know the production on the song is so kind of um you know very kind of low key that i think it's interesting that you know prince chooses this point to kind of really embrace i mean it's not rap but it's kind of it's kind of like a weird kind of jazz rap that he's doing, um, you know. Um, and then, of course, he, he sings like a thief in the night, my lord come and strike, leave nothing but ashes to the left, dust to the right. And then a line that apparently is very controversial, where he says, Holocaust aside, many lived and died. Um, now, I'm not quite sure why he feels the need to downplay the Holocaust <laughs> at this yeah. particular point. I, I, I don't think that Prince intended that to be a controversial line. I think maybe he was just looking for a rhyme. And, you know, the Holocaust, obviously, I don't think he's denying it or anything. It's just it's just weird that he chooses this song to kind of throw that line in there. Yeah. Um, and, of course, when he says, when all the truth is told, 
Would you rather be dead or be sold? And then, for some reason, he said he then adds a very long line saying, "Sold to the one who can now mate with the displaced bloodline of the white jailbait." And again, I don't know. It, the, some of the choices in this song are very odd. Um, and then, for the first time in years, he says, "Thinking like the keys on Prince's piano will just be fine." Um, and that's like the first time that basically he said the name Prince. It, probably since uh, I'm going to say Mr. Happy, I think was probably the last time that he he said Prince. But yeah, so you know this is it. We like, you know, we're we're finally getting Prince saying his own name again. Um, you know, uh, and then you know we kind of finish with so that's there all there is. So so there it is for all to see. Now what's beyond you and me depends, my friends, primarily on how you view your role in eternity. If she could. Be muse to the pharaoh. One day, she might be queen, and that's where the song ends. But yeah, I don't know. I you know there are a few like really weird lines in this song, and you know obviously the the way that Prince kind of goes into this kind of weird you know kind of um, you know talk singing for half the song, <laughs> um, and tells us about NATO, and then maybe denies the Holocaust, and then kind of talks about jailbait before mentioning his own name for the first time in five years. Like, there's a lot of stuff kind of happening in this song. Um, but I still love it. Just, you know, the production on it is so kind of, you know, I, I don't know. It just it just feels like, you know, uh, with Rainbow Children, Prince kind of finally gets the chance to kind of stretch his legs again and, and kind of try different things. And, you know, it's kind of like, here we are, two tracks in, and he, already he's he's done two kind of like really wildly different songs um you know it's not like the rainbow children is anything like muse to the pharaoh like they're, they're so and this is that's what you used to you know that's what i used to love about kind of 80s prince albums was you know each track would be so completely different from the last you know but still kind of within a similar kind of you know still with yeah. prince being the main kind of you know uh you know genre uh, but in this case, you know, it's it's nice that he's he's kind of stretching his legs again and being like, okay, let's you know, let's really kind of try different things. And yeah. of course, you know, this album has way more focus than you know, rave, um, or you know, the vault, or you know, I mean, the, the truth obviously has a lot of similar sounding songs because everything's on acoustic guitar. Um, but it still doesn't feel as focused as Rainbow Children does. You know, Prince obviously has a big picture here. This is you know, this is loosely a concept album. So, yeah. you know, like I feel like each song kind of builds to an overall bigger picture and, and maybe that's that's what kind of elevates some of these songs. I, I agree on this. Um, I, this is um, like a really great song. I especially enjoy Prince's um, use of just rhythm in this song. As you were mentioning earlier, the way he just delivers lines in the songs and the certain beats of this, the, if she could be amused, the Pharaoh lines, where he decides to what to enunciate and what not. Um, and then just the whole second, like half of this song, I just adore when he, um, gets up there, he does a sing songy type thing, you know, almost when he does it live, it feels like it, um, it's rap and a lot of just like the things he's saying, just kind of like punch hard. Um, and you know, the enemy runs on the palace or where the enemy does not, the 13's a bad luck number and, um, the whole um you know devil come dressed as light thing thief in the night just so many things that i 
think are like super greatly delivered lines that just um elevate the entire song and i would say you know um you know this is for me uh a clear five out of five like you know, I just, I mean, you know, a couple of obviously odd lines apart, you know, obviously I'm not endorsing anything kind of, you know, Holocaust denier, anything like that, you know, like I feel like that line is just such an odd, it's so oddly placed as well in terms of where the song is. So like, I'm not quite sure what his point was there, um, yeah. but you know, just kind of aside from that, everything else in the song is so great, you know, just, uh, you know, a, like for me, a clear five out of five. So, so well produced. I think that's something as well that, you know, uh, people kind of overlook with Rainbow Children, you know, because most of the focus seems to be on the whole kind of concept album side of it. Yeah. But, this, you know, the album is so well produced, you know, this was Prince kind of, you know, back in the studio properly with a band for the first time since Emancipation and, you know, kind of really kind of um, collaborating. John Blackwell, you know, a great drum- drummer as well. And so, you know, he kind of brings, you know, he's it's only, you know, the, the drums on this are very light, and kind of very loose and you know it really kind of enhances the song um you know it feels it feels like you know if prince had been drumming on this it probably wouldn't have been as light a song it probably would have felt a you know a bit more kind of um you know claustrophobic but the fact that you know on this album he starts collaborating again with the band i feel it kind of opens you know his production out a little bit more yes i agree with that um a definite five out of five for me also um i I think the Rainbow Children album is pretty underrated and kind of, to, to some, it kind of gets lost as his religious album. And, like, you can call it his religious album. I'm not going to have a problem with it. But I think there were just a lot of as experimentation going around and a lot of really interesting results. It doesn't feel like Prince is on autopilot or anything during this album. Yeah. It was, I think every song had, like, a purpose like genuinely played around with every song until he found something that is pretty unique and cool. Yeah, that is, I mean, that is something obviously to be said about Rainbow Children as well. You know, this is Prince kind of, um, I mean, it, you know, because it didn't sell that well, it's not really seen as like a kind of comeback. Uh, but I feel like he kind of lost his way a little bit after Emancipation. And, you know, this album is, is him kind of more focused. And, you know, obviously I feel like, you know, the Jehovah's Witness thing helps um you know in that particular respect but it just feels like prince is back in the studio and he kind of knows exactly what he wants to do and it's not just throwing together a bunch of random songs like rave kind of was and it just you know it feels a bit more like prince you know he you know obviously he was recording songs all the time um and and, you know that's how the vault happens um you know is you have like hundreds and hundreds of songs but in this case it feels like prince went into the studio and had a very clear idea of you know, here is like 10, 15 songs that I want to be this album. And that focus kind of comes through with every single song. And, uh, you know, especially some of the shorter songs as well. This is, you know, this is kind of really evident of like Prince not wasting a second of any song. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is, you know, probably probably one of my, you know, two or three favorite songs on this album. You know, and obviously he performed it live the following year for the, you know, One Night Alone tour. Um, and then, you know, he kind of brought it back in 2013 and, uh, you know, for his final tour as well. The last performance was the 14th of April 2016, um, you know, in Atlanta, Georgia. So that is, uh, what, roughly, I don't know, four or five days before he died. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, kind of uh, in the middle of the show, you know, kind of 
weird, before you got the look, bizarrely enough, and after during repetition. So that's a, that's a weird kind of combination of songs there. But uh, yeah, so, you know, a, a song that Prince kind of brought back for his final tour. That's kind of how much this song spoke to him. Um, you know, and uh, you know, it's just it's just one of the it's one of the you know the really good songs on Rainbow Children. I really like Rainbow Children album. Like you say, it does feel like it kind of gets lost a little bit because it's kind of like Prince's religious album. Um, but in truth, if you go back and look at everything from you know controversy onwards, there's a lot of religious stuff there. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you could easily you know you could easily compile four or five songs a year and call it a religious like album from Prince. Um, so you know, it's just this is the most overtly religious album. So I feel like we said about as much as we can about Muse to the Pharaoh. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Alex? Yes, my Twitter account's Alagrena ninety eight. Um, huge Prince fan. Um, love talking about it and love being on this podcast. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure why you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Alec. Oh yeah, um, no problem at all. Um, always enjoy it. And otherwise, goodbye. <laughs>